Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. Bless you. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory. For you have counted us worthy to be part of your kingdom. Call us children. We pray tonight, Lord God, that you come to speak to us. Mm -hmm. Father, speak your word that has spirit and life. Yes, hallelujah. Let us know you are new. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 The song that I sang, let me just do a little translation to that song. Um, Gracious God, a triune God, uh, we have come to you once again, anoint us with fresh oil and lead us into your path or lead us into the right path. Gracious God, we have come to you, you who, our triune God, we have come once again to you, bless us or anoint us with fresh oil and lead us to the right path. I want to thank God greatly for this opportunity and also this week-long program that we have encountered him in a special way. He has shown us so many of everything that he has in store for us, things that we did not even consider this past three days. He has been our eyes to a lot of things. And I want to thank Pastor and Executives also for giving me this opportunity. Uh, uh, anytime that we get the chance to speak with the Lord's people, we don't take that lightly because it is the lord's people so i still pray i pray that god will help me not to speak his word out of my own intellect but with wrapped in the spirit so that his manifold wisdom will be uh, seen and then his power will be tangibly felt also um so this year our theme for the year, equipping the church as an army to possess the nations. Our fathers have talked so much about equipping the church as an army. So we know the setting that we have now to possess the nation, our 2022 team, uh, theme. And then all that they have tried to let us know that the church is the it's Zion, is the new Zion or a type of Zion where God is going to raise deliverers. God is going to raise uh, saviors to govern the mount in Edom. So uh, in, in Bible, all the times typifies Edom as the flesh or the world, and then Jacob as the spirit or the children of God. So there has been contention between these twins. Even when they were in, in Rebecca's womb, there was contention until we found out that Esau came first, but his brother's hand was held onto his heels. So God in this year is trying to tell us that we being the church, we being the new Zion, where we can access God, he is raising champions out of us. He is raising deliverers mm. so that we will govern the systems and the principles of this world. And you know that however, uh, whenever God has a special plan that is in line with his purpose, his purpose is let his kingdom uh, spread 
or his kingdom come on this earth, anytime he has a plan, the devil also counteracts, right? So the, there are principles and there are laws that are in even this country that we are that always try to make the people of God or suppress the people of God so that the word of God will not reach out to the ends of the world. But you know what? God, Jesus Christ has already prayed for us. So I have come to tell you, child of God, that in John chapter 17, verse 14 to 18, Jesus Christ said that I am committing my children to you. The ones that you have called, you have given to me. I'm committing them to you. They are not of this world. They are in this world, but they are not of this world. That is us. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We, but we have been planted into this world to spread the gospel. Just so the knowledge of Hallelujah. God will be known and we will be at the salt of this earth and the light of the world will shine and then we will halt every corruption that the world, the, the world will come to know Christ through the church. So when uh, Christ was telling his disciples about the parable of the weeds, he told them that when the farmer planted the, the wheat or the seeds, the evil one also came to plant the, the weeds but he told the disciples that do not worry when they all grow we will see the wheat and then we'll see the weeds and then we will take away the wheat and burn them they will be cast to a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so we we are in this world but we are not of this world our responsibility is the great commission the mandate that god has given to us and it is not limited in the four walls of our local church we ought to go out there and effect change. That is what God has mandated us. In a nutshell, this is our um, theme for the 2022, for this 2022, equipping the church as an army to possess nations. This week, our Shiloh 2022, God is doing so many wonderful things. If you have been uh, from day one, here from day one to now or yesterday, you know how much God has put in us and how much he has taught us gear up possess your domain if i'm putting the week in review on monday uh, pastor spoke about enlisted and gearing up god training our hands for service we saw how david was being prepared even when he was in the wilderness and didn't know the task ahead there was a time that when the spirit from god came to torment saul's spirit or to torment saul it was recommended that there is this skilled man or this skilled boy who was in the wilderness taking care of his father's sheep. He had been prepared. He knew how to talk. He was a handsome young man. He was uh, skilled in playing uh, the liar. And also he was a man of valor. He was a warrior. So it means that whilst David was there being uh, taking care of his father's sheep, he was also being prepared for war, a war that he didn't know when was going to come. But that's what we learned on Monday. On Tuesday, Alain Tu also uh, spoke to us about knowing your weapons, realizing that our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, 4 tells us that we don't war as the world wars. We don't battle as the world battles. For our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are divine. They have divine power. And in the spirits, we, we war and they are able to demolish strongholds. Yesterday, uh, Pastor Ohiniche Bafo also took us through warfare. This is how I do my 
battle, or this is how I, we do battle, telling us that we activate the full armor of God with prayer, intercessory prayer. That's where we activate the full armor of God. So we have come today also to continue our journey. And like a pastor friend of mine said, he said that the most difficult thing to do is um, the district scheduling a week-long program and then you being scheduled at uh, on Thursday or Friday. The, the ones ahead of you would have eaten all the food. So <laughs> when it gets to you, you don't even have enough to eat. But I have come to tell you that the, uh, every, any portion of the food that we eat is the, is the word of God and it will have life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The spirit and it gives life, gives life eternal. Well, Amen. Our topic today is tag team, tag team, avoiding friendly fires, tag team, avoiding friendly fires. We'll read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, and I mean the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So he gave the apostles, the, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the church or equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. 13 says, until we all reach unity in faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. So we attain the knowledge and then we mature from there. Continuing, it says, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What does he mean by that? To be like Christ here on earth, to have the knowledge that Christ had while he was here on earth to have that fullness of Christ, to attain that fullness of Christ, to attain that knowledge. And what kind of knowledge is uh, the Bible talking about here? In John chapter 16, verse 8 to 11, for want of time, we will not read. I will just paraphrase and summarize. There were, when Jesus Christ was about to physically leave this earth and telling us that the comforter will come, he will come and comfort us, he will take from him and give to us. He gave us the three convictions that the comforter, the Holy Spirit will come and convict us of. Firstly, he said he will come and convict us of sin. That means that we were living wrongly. So the Holy Spirit was coming to convict us or prove to us that how we were living was not in conformity with Christ. So however, when we were baptized, I mean, when we believed, we heard the gospel and we, were, we believed he baptized us of himself to be like him. So that is the conviction of sin. And that I believe that every Christian, whilst you are here on this platform and you are a believer, you have been convicted of sin to know that there was a life that you lived that was not in conformity to the life of Christ. And the Holy Spirit has come to tell you all through the hearing of the word, the hearing of the word and the Holy Spirit moving. And when you believe, you have come to know that the, the way of Christ. That's why you are a believer or a christian secondly he came to convict us of righteousness now jesus christ is physically not on earth but we have been birthed again we have been born anew 
we ought to take the righteousness of God or we ought to take the holy and righteous nature of Jesus Christ and live here on earth. It's incumbent on us to live like him here on earth so that people will see him in us. That is him convicting us of righteousness. So bear in mind, we are talking about the knowledge that we are supposed to attain that we, we will come into uh, verse 13 of Ephesians 4 is saying that until we reach unity, we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature. Let's not forget that when we, be, we reach unity in the knowledge, we have to mature in the knowledge also. So secondly, he convicts us of righteousness to live like Christ here on earth. And thirdly, convict us of judgment. That is to say that the prince of this world stands condemned. The accuser of the brethren, the one who one time was accusing Joshua that he wore dirty or stained clothes. He has been judged. Now, because we have received Christ, he has worn us our white garments. So we are candidates of heaven. We qualify to be children of God. We have been given the authority to be sons and daughters of God. He has already been judged. So church, we are fighting a predetermined battle as victors and more than conquerors. And this is the knowledge that Christ wants us at a point in time or now all to have. We who are in his uh, kingdom to have this mindset that yes, we are fighting a battle. We, yesterday we heard that the battle that we are fighting started long ago before we were even Christians. But we have come to add up to the church militant. And so we are part of the army to fight this battle from the victor's point of view or from the victor's corner. So if we don't take care and we do not come into this uh, conviction, we may fail our battle. So this is our conviction that we firmly hold this belief that we are the children of God. We have been qualified to be sons and daughters of God. And God, see, I mean, has a high opinion about us. We are worthy. We are accepted. The devil knows that we are now accepted. That's why all the time he comes at us. us, at us. But we should know that we are accepted. Else the devil will come and lie to us so that we will lose, I mean, uh, we will lose this knowledge that we have about God and not even be able to grow from it. So God expects us to come to this realization and grow from here so that his mighty power will be tangibly felt in the church. Getting the knowledge that we have just uh, 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 spoke about and then growing in that knowledge, God expects us to do this so that his power will be felt in the church. How does he expect us to do this? Let us read Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Colossians 1, 9 to 11. If you have your Bibles, please follow as I read. Colossians 1, 9 to 11. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Attaining this knowledge 
getting the wisdom and understanding to get this piece of knowledge is given by the spirit. So the world cannot give us this knowledge. And it's all in alignment of God's will. And what's God's will to expand his kingdom here on earth. And what we are partakers of the kingdom. He uses us as tools or as weapons to do his bidding down here on earth. So whilst we are here on earth and Verse nine is of Colossians chapter one is telling us that uh, we, uh, it, it's Paul, Paul is saying that it's his prayer that we will be filled with the knowledge of God. This is the preparation that we are going through to be equipped or to be armed by the full armor of God is just to be armed by the word of God. And the word of God prepares us. So like I said before, we are tools in the hand of God to expand his kingdom. And that is his will. His whole purpose was for us, was for him to create a kingdom where he will have men to live with them forever. But in the garden, something happened. And throughout this week, we've heard how authorities were, were, were switched. But you know what? Nine is also telling us that this knowledge, this wisdom, understanding that we get, it is given by the spirit. So until we have the mind of God residing in us, that is the Holy Spirit, we will never know how to navigate on this battlefield. Until we have the mind of God or the spirit of God living in us, we will never know. Child of God, I'm trying to draw a picture. All that I'm talking about, this is you I'm talking about. You have the mind of God living in you now. You have the Holy Spirit living in you now. So there is no excuse for you being unable to navigate the battlefield. So what God does is he brings us together as this church, as the universal church, as our local church, Church of Pentecost, PIWC district, and trains us, equips us, strengthens us, toughen us so that we can put toughness into action. Because we are talking about an, an army, I'm using some military terms. He toughens us, he equips us with the word, he strengthens us so that we can put toughness into action. I had a little spell with the United States Navy last year. So last year, by this time, I was in Wisconsin and it was snowing heavily. I've never seen heavy snow ever in my life because it's almost always about 12 inches deep. And we had to walk about one and a half to two miles to, to our galley to have our chow. Now I'm using military terms, so if you don't, if, if you don't, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> exactly. If you don't get it, you just ask me. We had to walk in the snow, wearing big boots, something that I had never done before. Walk about one and a half to two miles to go to uh, our cafeteria or our, our canteen, if I have to put it that way, to get food to eat. And we do that three times a day, and it's always snowing, and we are always in sync. There's no way. Cadence will change. There's no way our steps change because the moment one of us loses steps or misses steps, you will be, you, you, uh, you, you will give us all out. So we are a team doing this. We are a team. There is no way one of us should give us out by marking time when we are marching or marching when we are marking time. There's no way one of us should give us out by <coughs> moving the right step when we are move, we are supposed to move left. First, you will give us out. But this is the preparation stage. Prepares us to 
be tough. So I, I define toughness in action here, that this is how the Navy defines it. We take a hit and keep going, tapping into all sources of strength and resilience. We take a hit and we keep going. Some of us, some of uh, the, the sources of our strength that we can, we can grow from will only be forgiveness. This morning we heard forgiveness. Somebody has done something to you and it hurts you so badly, but you can't forgive them. But you know what? Forgiveness itself is a disease because it breaks your heart. It shrinks you. Probably the person that you have issues with is not even thinking like that. But if this person is your teammate. You're in the same ship with this, this person. Your mission is one. Your goal is one. You know what I have, uh, God has, uh, the Lord has put on my heart to, to, to tell you today, forgive them and build strength from there. Take strength from there. Forgive and take strength from forgiveness. Sometimes it's just patience that we, we have to have. There's something that we are waiting for. It seems like it's not coming. The moment we take the alternative way, which is not the right way of God, we start from zero again, and then we have to wait again. Some of us, where we have to take our source of our strength will be patience. Some of us, is just self-control. Husband, your wife may have said something painful to you. Wife, your husband may have said something painful to you. At that point in time, both your two hands can, can move and do what they have to do. But build strength or take strength from self-control. Just control yourself. Sometimes it's trials and, and, and temptations. But God has promised us that he will never let a temptation or trial that will overtake us come to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even when we go through tries, trials and temptations, the word of God has told us that he will comfort us so that we will also in turn comfort people who go into the same trials and temptations with the comfort that God comforted us with. So this is the preparatory grounds that we are. We ha we, we are. God has brought us here to prepare us. This is the equipping center. The church is the equipping center. We go through rigorous training for service, for works of service or for ministry, just as the army go through rigorous training for combat and for operations. We also have a battle to fight. Yesterday we had that we, we heard that we have uh, the spiritual battle, we have the physical battle, and then we have the inward battle. And Pastor mentioned that the inward battle is so hard to fight. I don't know what's going on inside of you, on the inside of you. But God wants me to tell you that. Take strength from whatever that you're going through. We are all counting on you because we are team members. And for us, our training comes in the form of hearing the word of God. It reshapes our lives. We hear the word of God, listen to the word of God. When you come to church, you hear pastor or any elder preach, when go home, listen to it again. Listen to the word of God. It shapes your, our lives. And one thing that I find interesting that anytime I have a conversation with uh, any of my friends is, Sometimes I say that people come to church to listen to, this, to sermons for other people. No, listen to the word of God for yourself. David, listen for yourself. 
so that it will reshape me because life is all about relationship. You can't say you love God and you don't love your brother. God brought you and your brother, your sister into this equipping center for his will and purpose and pleasure. So we can't say we hate our brothers and love God. First John will say, or John will say that we are not of God if we do not practice righteousness. Today, pastors, uh, uh, Facebook post, he, we, we heard from that. We can't, if we don't express love, we are not from God. We are not of God. If we don't express righteousness or live righteously, we are not of God. So please, this is where we are. We are the equipping center. Hearing the word of God, allow yourself and the word of God to change you. The word of God washes us and it enables us to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, as Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 will say. The word of God directs us to Christ, who is our focus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, bringing us to the knowledge of all convictions and to grow from there. That's what the word of God does to us. So here at the equipping center, let us allow ourselves for the word of God to reshape us. Our reading, we are continuing our reading from uh, Colossians 1. We read nine, verse 9, verse 10 says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. How do we please him in every way? Bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. So we still ought to grow in the knowledge of God. But this is what I call toughness in integrity or integrity in toughness. As we are going through this toughness, being tough and being strengthened, being equipped, we may face a lot of battles, but we have to hold on to our integrity. Integrity in toughness. Because it's not even about us. It's about, it's about God. I remember when 2021, when uh, everything opened up again and our children were going back to school, first day of my son going to first grade, I told him that you're going to school anew. There are so many things that are going to be new. Be new. Please don't be mischievous or don't play the mischief. Because when you do that, do you know what happens? You don't disgrace yourself. You disgrace the head of our dynasty. And I told him that the head of our dynasty is your grandpa. He bears your, your you bear his last name. And then comes me and then come you. So you see, before it gets to you, the disgrace comes to you. You would have disgraced your grandpa. You have disgraced your father and then yourself. It's not even about us. Holding on to our integrity will uphold the name of Jesus Christ. Team hallelujah. Hallelujah. Squadron. Hallelujah. Now I'm calling Amen. you squadrons. Holding on to our integrity, even in this equipping center, will uphold Christ Jesus. And we are a team doing this together. Toughness in integrity so bible has told us how to live our lives even as we are being equipped 11 and that will be the last verse we are reading in this uh chapter being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience see getting the knowledge growing from the knowledge whilst we are growing from the knowledge we are living in integrity this is where the power of God is felt because we may have the knowledge to navigate the battlefield. But if we don't have the power, 
We are on a battlefield. We may be, we may be working on mines. What do we have to counteract? Yesterday, we found out that the battle, putting on the whole armor of God, this armor comes in two folds or, or two modes, the defensive mode and then the attacking mode. The defensive mode God has given to, to us to stand firm against the devil's schemes. And he has given us the attacking mode also, which we activate by prayer, intercessory prayers, all kinds of prayers. So we attack. So we have to have power. That's the power that has to follow our knowledge. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow, pastor is coming to preach about we are going to the war. We are going to the war field proper. So today I want us to know what to do when we go to the war field. What to do. So since we are all soldiers, we'll take a cue from um, Paul when he was writing to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 says that, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one entangled in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of his life. That he may please. I mean, I'm sorry. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. All that we are doing, we are doing to please God. And we don't entangle ourselves with civilian affairs we have no room to live a life that would not please god because we want his power to be felt amen amen the devil knows or he's aware of our preparation so um when you go to the the boot camp being the i mean let me talk about the navy boot camp before you go out of the navy proper to be in the navy proper there is something that we call uh, or that's called the battle station. And that's kind of like a simulation of what's going to happen out there. You, you, you do firefighting, you shoot guns. Um, when, when your teammate, you act as, uh, as, as a medic. When your teammate is hurt, you, 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 you come as a team and carry him or her. We are in a battlefield. So we simulate that battlefield before you go out there, just so when anything happens, since you are a soldier, you would have experienced it before. So let's go, let's simulate battlefield here. Let's open to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We just, this, this will be our battlefield simulation. Let's see what typically happens on a battlefield. And bear with me, we'll be doing a little reading here. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Since the devil knows that we are being prepared, let us see his schemes and his strategies. Now, thanks be to God. Bible says that the word of God tells us that we are not, uh, we know all his, we are not ignorant of his schemes. So God always gives us the strength that he equips us to overcome. First Samuel 17, I'm reading from verse one. Now the Philistines, the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes, Ephes Damon, between Soko and Ezekiah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley in between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, 
came out of the Philistine camp. His weight was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head. Please take note of bronze helmet on his head. He wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weight of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and bronze javelin. See, when Paul was describing putting on the full armor of God, he described everything that we have seen Goliath, Goliath wear. Verse 7, his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. And now, and, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come to line up for battle? Before we even continue, we are seeing that this champion is wearing all bronze. There is a significance to what he is wearing here. And Bible explains Bible. Bible will tell us what it is. When we read Exodus chapter 27, when God was telling Moses how to build the tabernacle and the, and the altar in front of the tabernacle, whilst he told him to build the altar with acacia wood, everything or every laying or every layout of the altar was laid with bronze. And what the altar meant was before you are, whilst you are in a corridor, before you can go into the tabernacle proper, the altar will tell you that you are not worthy. The altar will tell you that you are not worthy. You have to offer a sacrifice before you go. Bronze. Bronze typifies or stands for judgment. So this man had just come to judge the people of Israel. And let's see what happened. Verse 8. Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you not the servant of Saul? First word that he mentions was, you are servant of Saul. This is trying to demean or, or, or try to, um, not trying to, he was defying them. And when we look at the definition of defiance or defy is to make an action or quality almost impossible or to bring something to almost nothing. So he says that he is a Philistine. He has attributed himself to a great nation, but you are servant of Saul. Were they servants of Saul? He was wrong, but the people didn't see that. Teammates, we are the children of God. Nothing the devil says will let us or will belittle us or let us know, uh, have the conviction that we are not worthy. We are worthy. That is why I try to pick, paint that picture that we are worthy. Christ has come to call us his children and he has brought us into this knowledge. And in this knowledge, he wants us to grow from so that we will have power on the battlefield. But the devil comes with words. So let's see what happened. Uh, verse 11, verse 10, he says, the Philistines, the Philistines said, that's Goliath, the day, this day I defied the armies of Israel. He hasn't even struck anyone, but he, he has said that he is defying them. I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philistines, on hearing the Philistines were Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. They haven't fought, just words. The devil knows that you are worthy. Christ has qualified you. He has given you the authority. 
to rule. Let me paint a picture here or create an example here for you. Christ has given you, has qualified us. He has made us worthy and given us the authority to be children of God. This is how the authority that Christ gives us works. This is how it works like. When God created everything, he said, man should rule over everything, right? And he created everything and it was good. On the sixth day, he created man. And he gave man the authority to rule over everything. The only thing that God didn't create was sin. And sin came and, and, and sin was the first bad thing that we, 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 we heard in the, we, we, or we, we, we got to know in the word of God, from the word of God. So this is creation. Take creation as this hand. If you can, if you can put up your hand like this and God created everything. This is creation and this is when God created man. So this is the timeline. Now, man has been created. Everything that is created underneath here is good. There is a new creation that has evolved, and that is sin. And that is the bad thing that came to corrupt man. And when that came to corrupt man, because man didn't have the authority to rule over it, that is the only thing that man couldn't rule over. Because man could rule over everything underneath here. This is man. Man could rule over everything underneath here. But when sin came here, man couldn't rule it. So when Cain was planning to kill his brother, God told him, Sin is crouching at your door, but you have to rule it. But because he didn't have a savior, he couldn't rule sin. Eventually, he had to kill his brother. The first time that we found in the Bible that a person or a man on earth was able to rule sin was when Satan came to tempt Jesus. He asked him three questions. And Christ, who is, was, had the deity, full deity of God in him here on man, and who was God himself, was able to rule sin. That is the authority that God has given us. Satan knows that. He asked Eve one question and Eve failed or man failed when man didn't have a savior. But when he came with the whole authority, he was asked three questions. So it's like this. We are playing a game and you, I win one, you win one. It's a tie. I win one and you win two, you won. But this time around three trials, I, Christ wins it all. That is the authority that we have. Authority that has given to us. The devil knows that. And his skills or his schemes are words. So Bible says that even when he was speaking and hadn't even fought, these Israelites with their kin were, were dismayed. Their hearts were broken because he was, he was reproaching them. He was defying them. Oh, but thanks be to God that Christ in portraying, portrayed in David knew what God had done. He understood what God was going to do. He was the only one who understood what God was going to do. And that was a shadow of what was supposed to come in Jesus Christ. So we find in the story that you know already, his father had sent him to take 10 loaves of bread and 10 cheeses to his brothers and bring some uh, good news back home. Little did his father know that he was actually going to be the good news that was going to the armies of Israel. He was the hope, the hope that they were looking for. 10 cheeses, 10 signifies complete completion. 10 cheeses, 10 uh, loaves of bread typifies or a, a shadow of completeness that Christ is bringing. Completeness that Christ is bringing. And this is for us. This is our promise. This is the knowledge that God wants us to have. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13 that we read, the knowledge that we have to have. 
so that we will grow from there, so that we would know how to battle, we will know how to navigate and also have power on the battlefield. Amen. So this uncircumcised Philistine, as David called him, came to defile. All he was saying was defiance, defiance. I defy you, I defy you. These people were afraid of the words. But little did they know that. Um, and let's read something from, there's something I found fascinating when I was studying the word of God. I, I mean, let's read. There's a messianic psalm here in Psalm 69, where Christ was speaking. David wrote this one, but it's a messianic, so this is like Christ speaking. Psalm 69 verse 9 says, The zeal of your house consumes me, and the insult of those who insult you fall on me. Let me read the King James Version, the new King James Version. The NIV says, the insult of those who insult you fall on me. Psalm 69, verse 9. And we will know that it's Christ who is speaking because even Paul quoted that in Romans chapter 15, verse, I think, 1 and 3. Psalm 69, verse 9. Please bear with me a little here. I'm trying to get the King James Version so we can understand properly who we are, where we are and how Christ wants us to battle. The New King James Version says, Reproach has fallen on me. Or, uh, let me start from the nine. Because, because zeal of your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. So, every insult, every reproach, every defiance, David knew that it had fallen on Christ, but not on us, not on the army. We are the army. The devil comes to bring shame to us. Oh, well, you have this sin that you committed a long time ago. Because of that, you are not worthy. God hasn't accepted you. Oh, well, this thing that you did, this thing that you said, because of that, even things that you, you, you did before you became a Christian, the devil can come and bring, try to bring that guilt so that you think that you are not accepted by God. But Christ is saying that shame, shame, the shame or the reproach has fallen on him. Verse 20 says, the same messianic uh, song, Psalm here, Psalm 69 verse 20 says, reproach has broken my heart and I am full of heaviness. Here the heaviness, the Hebrew translates as sickness or heartbroken. I look for some Someone to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They also gave me gall for my food. And for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. So here we know that on the cross, this is Jesus Christ speaking. Because the scorn from the Philistines or the defiance from, from his taunts, from his words, fell on the Israelites. Their hearts were broken. Bible says that Saul and his people were dismayed. The Hebrew says they were sick. Their hearts were broken. But only one person amongst them knew that the army was thinking rightly. The army didn't have a good opinion about Jesus or about God because all this God has taken from, for, for us. Even in Joshua chapter 5, verse 9, where the people who were born in the wilderness, the 40 years of, of wallowing in the wilderness, all of them were not circumcised. So when they got to Gilgal, God said, Joshua, 
circumcise them. And today, I have rolled away your shame, the shame that you had because you were slaves of Israel. We are not slaves of Saul. We are not slaves of Israel anymore. We are born servants of Jesus Christ. That is what the army did not discern. David discerned that. David knew that at Gilgal, God rolled away all our shame. So the words that were coming, it, it really fell on David because the army was afraid. Today, what are, we, what are you afraid of? What is the devil, I mean, speaking to you in your quiet time to make you feel unworthy, to make you feel like you cannot be enlisted in the army of God, to do the bidding of God? What is it that the devil is, is, is speaking so loudly about? Do you not know that your conscience, Hebrews would say that your conscience has been sanctified? The blood of goats and heifers. Uh, 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 when you put the uh, Israelites put a hyssop in it, they just sprinkle around themselves and they just sanctify their out, outside, their outer human being for one year. But the blood of Jesus on the cross, when we believed, we were circumcised, not in the flesh, but in the heart where God lives. Child of God, I've come to tell you that you are worthy. God has counted you worthy. We haven't been circumcised in the flesh as Joshua circumcised the people and God rolled away their shame. We have been circumcised in the heart. So we are worthy children of God who have been given authority to do battle for God. So let not the devil come with his many words, with his many judgmental mindset. Because I, I have already said that the bronze stands for judgment, 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 judgment. That is why David could not wear Saul's uh, uh, clothing or his armor to go fight. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that we don't war as the world wars. Our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are divine and they are able to bring down strongholds. So when he put on the, the Saul's armor, he said, no, I can't face judgment with judgment, uh, earthly judgment. I will judge him with the word of God. And then what happened? He picked up five stones from the stream, also typifying the word of God with the spirit washing us. Five stones. Some theologians say that the five stones is the fivefold ministry that we read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, to where we say we have the apostles, the evangelists, the uh, prophets, the pastors or shepherds, and the teachers. So being equipped by these people, Bible says that Christ, when he was ascending, he gave us these people or these ministries to equip us to attain the full measure of Christ for ministry or for service. So it can also be translated that when he picked up the stones, it is a shadow of the fivefold ministry coming to put up or spring on us or, or wash us with the word of God, which Bible always says that it is water that washes us. And see what the word of God did to Goliath. So it's not just a common stone that entered into his skull. His judgmental skull. It is the equipped word of God. You and I who are tools in the hand of God. Being equipped by this fivefold ministry. We are tools in the hand of God. We are weapons in the hand of God to do his battle. Child of God, this is who you are. But you know what? This is, I'm just, I just tried to paint a picture for us to know what the devil tries to do to belittle us, to make us feel like we are not worthy. 
what will be more painful is one of us, one of us, one of our own members, one of our own friends, one of our own squadron members, having this judgmental mindset. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 17, the same place, verse 28. It reads, when Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and, and asked, why do you come down here? And with whom have you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Oh, Eliab, this sheep that when you come back from war, we kill some for you to eat. Today, they are few just because you have this judgmental attitude towards your teammate who you have the same mission and goal as Eliab is now condemning his brother. Oh, but in Jesus Christ, there is now no condemnation for us who have believed. So the devil comes with condemnation, judgment, judgmental mindset, because he's wearing a bronze helmet. His chest is hemmed in, in bronze breastplate. His spear is bronze. His feet are even stepping in bronze. So he came and to judge with his words. But it's more painful when we have our own brethren, someone who is here in, in, in our midst, can't forgive can't forgive. If you hear how someone talks about you to another friend, if, if you have ever heard something like that before, your heart will be broken. And that's what happens when the devil comes with his, his judgment or with, 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 with his talks to make us feel unworthy. Our hearts breaks. Jesus Christ says, the reproach has fallen on me and my heart is broken. I am sick of it. But thanks be to God, he has ruled that all away. Reading on verse 28b, it says, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now, that I, now what have I done? David said. Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. That is the most painful aspect. That is my topic today. Avoiding friendly fires. Eliab, the bullet is supposed to leave our camp into the enemy's camp. The bullet is not supposed to circulate in our camp. Then what will be our mission? What will be our mission? The backbiting, the unforgiveness, the... the that because of us, because of us, some people are not coming to church. Because of us, some people have stopped fellowshipping. Bible said that if you have an issue with your brother, you, you, you that I'm talking to, me, me, David Asante, be the first to go to your brother to go to make peace. Avoiding friendly fires. Avoiding friendly fires. The mission of God or the will of God is for us to be equipped as an army to expand his kingdom not to diminish it. We are a tag team. We are an army. I put a few trustworthy uh, sayings here. I put here that a divided church has no message for the divided world. A divided church has no message for the divided world. We can't be enlisted by God who is the head of the church and be divided amongst ourselves. The world is divided already. 
God wants us to, he wants us to be the salt and then seize the corruption of the, of the, of the earth or the world and bring the world into the church, into the kingdom, into Zion, where we can access God. There was a time where we couldn't access God because we, we, we saw him on Sinai and it was even an animal touching the hill or mountain of Sinai would die. Now God in his manifold wisdom has called us, we who were Gentiles, has made us into one church or one body. So I, I love how Paul actually puts the outline of Ephesians. Unity. It brings, he, he talks all through Ephesians from chapter one to six. He talks about unity. In his outline, in chapter one, he talks about ethnic disunity that there are no now no more Jews, now no more Gentiles. We are all the church. I mean, that's chapter two, I'm sorry. We are, there are no, no more Jews, no more Gentiles. We are all one. We are united, regardless of where you came from, regardless of your tribe, regardless of your, your culture. We have a Jesus culture now. We are united. We are a tag team. So we shouldn't have that feeling that this person is from this tribe or this culture, so they actually... Uh, uh, gets much closer to people of this culture. No, we are one because the moment we bring our own cultures into the, the church of God, then we are disunited. That we will experience disunity in the church. Chapter three talks about the church disunity. Chapter three, chapter four talks about the ministerial disunity. That's what we are talking about, the five ministry we are all united all that the fivefold ministry is doing the apostles the uh, prophets the evangelists the pastors the teachers is to equip the church so that we will all attain to the same faith and the same knowledge in christ chapter five talks about marital disunity we can be uh, uh, disjointed as a couple we can't we are in the same ship we are in the same boat for the same mission Chapter six talks about the family and workplace unity. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. And then talks about wives. Uh, uh, submit to your husbands. Uh, husbands, love your wife. Wives. And then a workplace will be slaves. Submit to your masters as you will submit to Jesus Christ. So we have to be united. That's the outline of Ephesians. Apart from uh if the book of Ephesians or the letter to the Ephesians telling about us about the riches in, in God in all aspects, the riches that we, we Christians have to tap into. It gives us this outline, unity in the body of Christ. And then from verse 10 of the chapter six, it starts talk, talking about the battle that we have to fight. But we can't be disunited or disjointed and fight that battle. So whilst I'm wrapping up, let me just go over a few of what we can do so that we will not be the Eliabs of our time. We need someone or we, as we, have, we are being equipped to know this knowledge of God and grow from this knowledge so that the power of God can come. So that any Goliath that stands in front of us will be a stronghold for us to bring down. We will not have Eliabs who will be thinking as the devil thinks, using the devil's strategy, using words to, dis, dis, uh, to divide us, using words to try to let us feel that we are not worthy, we are not accepted by God. Child of God, you are accepted 
totally by God. Secondly, I put here that let us make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace for the sake of the common witness and mission. Let's make every effort to maintain this unity in this church. Thirdly, let us resist the temptation to split the body of Christ and strive to restore unity however possible. Fourthly, let us offer grace to our squad members. What do I mean by that? Let us choose our words rightly because the human heart is very delicate, but it doesn't take a rod to break it. Words easily break it. The human heart is very delicate. Let us choose our words rightly. Let us offer grace to our squad members. Let us forgive those who hurt us because unforgiveness, like I said before, is a disease that eats us up. It eats us up and you don't want the reproach to fall off Jesus Christ. He has taken it already. You don't want the reproach to fall on you. Give it to Jesus Christ. He, he, he nailed them onto the cross. He nailed them on the cross. He came to take our sins away. That's chiefly the, the reason why he came to this earth. Also, he nailed our, our diseases, infirmities, our weaknesses, and even principalities and, and authorities here. He made a public spectacle of them on the cross. Even where we find weakness, even where we find weakness, Bible says that let us come boldly to the throne of grace where we will find grace and mercy when we need them most. So don't ever feel belittled. Lastly, I put here that for the squad members who are struggling, let us offer support and encouraging, encouragement to them. To the squad members who are struggling, let us offer support and encouragement to them. Our reconciliation with God and with one another is very important to God. And also to experience the supernatural, it's incumbent on us to live in unity. This morning we heard some, some, uh, a message about unity. Let us live in unity breaking all cultural barriers because now we have the Jesus culture. Our mission and message has no meaning if we live in disunity. Our mission and message has no meaning. That means that we are denying the power that the cross gives to us. Tonight, I have come to announce to you how worthy you are and how you are accepted by God and how the strategies or the schemes of the devil work. And also to inform us that we ourselves knowingly or unknowingly may take up the schemes of the evil one to break ourselves down. If we don't think as a squad and a division or a tag team, these friendly fires will continually, the bullets will continually revolving in our circle. Instead, let us try to bring down all strongholds all strongholds now that we know how to do our battle i know tomorrow we are going to do battle properly but when we get to the battlegrounds or anytime you get to the battleground let us know that we are a team let us know that we are a team i'll read this closing remark here uh, verse here that is our main verse and i feel like i, I feel like reading it lastly because that's the advice that paul was giving the church in ephesus Ephesians chapter four, verse one to five, it says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. This morning, pastor talked about love. 
Let us bear with one another in love. Let us make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the, blood, the bond of peace. There is one body. There is one spirit. Just as we were called to one hope. When we were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one father of all who is over all and through all. Tonight, may God bless you. And however he revealed himself to you in this ministration, I pray that his Holy Spirit will rekindle us once more. Bring us to the realization of this conviction that we have, that we are children of God, that we have been bought with the precious blood, that we have come into his kingdom, that we have been convicted of sin, convicted of righteousness, and we are fighting a predetermined battle that the accuser of the brethren who came to accuse Egypt, uh, Israel or came to accuse Joseph, uh, um, I mean Joshua, and is still accusing us now, has already been accused. He has already been judged. So we are fighting from the victor's point of view. May God bless us and may God keep us, even as we stand on this battlefield and do battle for the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 God bless you for the word. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord, PIWC. Hallelujah. Can we just sing this song? We are heirs of the Father. We are joined with the Son. We are children of the kingdom. We are family. We are one. And we just sing it with meaning based on the word that we have heard today. We are more energy. Tell, tell your neighbor on the screen, we are one. 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 Tell one another, I need you. I need you. You need me. You need me. We are important for this battle. Hallelujah. We are important for this battle. As Elder David was speaking, it just reminded me the last comment our father area had. Uh, Samson Yadda made when he was preaching and he came to the book of Ephesians and he says that all the weapons that we have are weapons in front of us. There is nothing behind us because in the in the Roman uh, army, there is nothing behind them because what is expected of whoever is in front is that the person standing behind you covers your back. Hallelujah. 
And this morning, we've heard that we are a tag team and avoiding friendly battles. We just want to thank the Lord for his word this morning. Many other things God has spoken us through his servant, Elder David, and many other things that he has mentioned. And we're going to pray on certain some of these things. But we want to thank God for the word that he has given us. This is a timely word. And it's a word that we need as believers, as one body in Christ, to be able to walk in the victory that Christ has assured us. We must ensure that we are a united front. We are one body in Christ. We are one army. People with one purpose. People with one vision. People with one enemy. And we know that enemy is the devil and his kingdom and it is not our, it's not one another let's begin to thank the lord father we thank you for your word this evening we thank you for your word father god that has come to admonish us and we must not allow any friendly fires among us oh god we are praying lord jesus that as your word has come forth we will be strengthened Amen. 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 As our elder was speaking, one of the important messages that he he met he, he was speaking about was the spirit of God, and he made a statement that says that the spirit of God gives us the mind of God, and we want to take a prayer on this uh, uh, statement that he made. The spirit of God gives us the mind of God, and beloved, one of the attributes of God is God is one. Hallelujah. So we talk mm. about the Trinity: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So if we have to have the mind of God for battle, that means that we have to be one. So in John chapter seventeen, verse twenty-two, Jesus says that I I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. This is our prayer. God, give us your mind as your spirit is in us, because your spirit that lives in us gives us your mind. Lord, give us your mind of oneness and your mind of unity, that we may be brought into complete unity, that we'll fight this battle of faith together in the victory 
that you have assured us. Lift up your voice in prayer. God, give us your mind. Yeah, <laughs> 
When our elder was preaching, he 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 made us understand uh, uh, that the book of Ephesians is all about unity in the body of Christ. <clears throat> So we are going to pray against the spirit of division right now. So he made us understand in Ephesians chapter two, it talks about the breaking um, that the spirit of God has come to break ethnic division. Hallelujah. In chapter four, he talks about church. Uh, uh, disunity is broken. Ministerial disunity, marital disunity, family and workplace disunity. Hallelujah. And when we understand our place in all of this area and we are united, there is victory assured. So the word of God tells us to put on the full armor that we may stand against the walls of the enemy. The walls of the enemy is to make sure that we are divided against each other. Beloved, when there is friendly fires in the body of Christ, we make the enemies work easy hallelujah mm. but when we're united when we have one mind and we know his plans his tactics his tricks his 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 schemes we are able to handle it and make sure that victory is assured for us and we are able to stand against his 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 his, his, his tactics so we want to pray against every ethnic mm. division in the body of christ that mm. if there's any ethnic mm. division one says oh i am of this ethnic group one says i'm of this mm. nation so you are not part of us i am mm. from this country Country. I speak this language. I'm from this tribe. So you're not part of us. We want to break that spirit of division. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The early church Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> 
Church, we, we want to lift up a prayer for families. Marriage is the fundamental unit of every society. And what the devil has planned and knowing this, that when marriages are strong, families are strong. When families are strong, societies are strong. When families are strong, the church of God is strong. The devil knows this and he's trying to break apart families and marriages. We are lifting up a prayer and bringing every marriage and family before the Lord today. Families that are broken apart, sons and daughters going against mothers and sons, parents not having the hearts and, and patience for their children, marriages that are broken apart, husbands not loving their wives, wives not submitting to their husbands. We are lifting up a prayer for every marriage that is on the breakage of, of divorce. We are lifting up a, a prayer for every marriage that is disunited, every marriage that is divided, every marriage that is falling apart, every home that there is anger and we are lifting up a prayer and 
Tonight, some marital vows are being renewed in the name of Jesus. Tonight, some husbands are recommitting to their duties and responsibilities as husbands to love in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every divorce paper that has been signed. Every divorce paper that has been brought into your marriage tonight it is being shredded in the name of Jesus. That is not the will of God. 
God for your marriage. That is not the will of God for your home. That is not the will of God for believers. That is not the will of God for those that are in the army. We shall stand and we shall fight the war against the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, we want to switch over and we want to take a prayer against the spirit of Eliab, the spirit of Eliab, that spirit of discouragement, that spirit of jealousy, that spirit of bringing down when it's supposed to lift up. We want to pray that among us, we will encourage one another and not mm. discourage. Yes, that we will lift each other up and not pull each other down. Mm. That we will like, exalt each other in prayer. That we'll hold each other in prayer and mm. encourage each other to be strong in the Lord. In mm. the spirit of Eliab in the church of God. Jesus. In Tonight, we pray that it shall be broken. Lift up your voice. that we will encourage each other, uphold each other, when our elder was preaching he made this statement unforgiveness is a disease he said when we learn to forgive there is healing that takes place Jesus says, when we say the Lord's Prayer, we should say, forgive us our trespasses as mm. we forgive those who trespass mm. against us. Father, when, beloved, as we pray to God to forgive us of our sins, 
the same is required of us that will forgive us one another of our wrongdoings, one another of our hurt. But when we hold in unforgiveness, it is a disease that eats us up. And Elder made a statement because that person you're not forgiven may not know. And he's going about his or her day with no issue, but you're being ate up in your spirit. You're being eaten up in your spirit. We want to pray, Father, break us free from the spirit of unforgiveness. That even when we're coming to our prayer, we know we have an issue with our brother. We should leave it there and go and reconcile with them. Lord, tonight as we pray, reconciliation amongst ourselves. Because Lord, to one another, there is no in order for us to walk in unity there must be love so in john 13 verse 34 jesus says a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i have loved you that you also love my disciples if you love one another love god and hates his brother he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love god who he has not seen mm. and this commandment we have from him that he who loves god must also love his brother 
beloved, for us to not see friendly fires among us, we must love one another. We're praying for the spirit of love to join us together, that we'll walk in the love of God in everything that we do. Yes, Lord. We'll have the heart of God for one another. Yes. And the victory that is assured for us shall be seen. It's not about how loud we pray, because our love will demonstrate that indeed we are for Christ. Bible says that even if you speak an unknown tongue and you have not love, you're just an empty barrel making sound. But we are praying that the substance of love will make us fight this battle in victory. And the church of God will grow from grace to grace and from glory to glory. Yes, Lord. So, Father, we thank you this evening. We bless you for your word that has come forth. The word that has come forth to tell us, Lord, that we are one people.
click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.